Do you want to go down to a 40-hour week without losing revenue? If you're ready to let go of all the extra hours, the stress, the overwhelm, and the clients who hijack your time, consider my signature program, Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind. In it, we'll get your accounting practice under control. We'll fix your pricing problems. I'll show you ways to price so you stop giving away the farm so you bring in more revenue for the work you're already doing. I'll help you disengage the clients who are good people but are holding your business back and slowing you down. I'll help you package up your services and design them so they're easy for your clients to understand and choose from while helping you simplify and standardize what you sell. And we'll focus on making your messaging more interesting and compelling so you attract more of the kinds of clients you want to work with and break out of the hodgepodge of referrals trap. We get your prices up, we get your workload down. We standardize, we simplify, we streamline. And we do this at a pace that feels doable, where you feel confident in every choice you make. Prices up, workload down. Registration is open now. We start Tuesday, May 7th. Come with us. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to find out more. If the accountants can kind of accept the fact that they're just helping the client sort of get some feeling about what's going to happen, it could be easier to, to go out there and feel like, yeah, this, this is this is going to be a good service for my client. I'm not going to be held responsible. You know, it's okay to be wrong because none of us know the future. Uh, it's impossible. But it's also very disconcerting as a business owner to not have that vision of the future. Welcome to the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help you work less and earn more. My name is Geraldine Carter. Do you hear all this talk of including forecasting for your clients, but when it comes to implementing, you're a bit deer in the headlights? Shifting into forecasting and scenario planning for your clients is a significant shift in terms of process, what you feel confident in, and your own mindset. My guest today is Laura Landmark, CEO and co-founder of Mantle Analytics, which provides custom financial reporting for companies whose needs have outgrown the abilities of the software platforms whose names you would recognize. Mantle Analytics uses technology to dig down into the data and uncover insights that are critical in steering the business toward its goals. Today, it's all about rolling forecasts and what you need to know to optimize their use in your business on your client's behalf. Laura, Welcome to the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast. Hi, Geraldine. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, I'm delighted to talk to you. Tell listeners in just a few sentences why and when businesses come to you and what they need when they do. Typically, businesses will come to us when they found that they're struggling to find the information or the answers they need from the data that they have. Typically, there's a lot of pouring data into Excel and trying to manage it there. And there's nothing wrong with Excel. Excel is a great tool, but it can often be difficult if you're using that for rolling forecasting without maybe connecting it up to a database or doing something a little bit, say, techie. Um, so they often come to us when they need some technical help because we provide both the technical help and also the help on the, uh, you know, we have a lot of domain knowledge in-house. So we can understand what it is they're trying to achieve, how to screw together a rolling forecast or a report or a dashboard or whatever it is that they need in order to make some good scenario plans, as you said, or to use as a decision-making platform. 
So unfortunately, they often come to us after they've struggled for a while. But of course, it's really nice to start working with new businesses that are at the beginning of their journey, and we can help them implement software right from the beginning that's going to help them in scaling, in growing, in managing their liquidity, you know, making sure they don't run out of cash, keeping an eye on the bottom line, looking for opportunities, as well as identifying risks in the business. It's all types of businesses that we work with, but we also work with a lot of accountants as well, because they obviously have a great need here to be able to provide these kind of tools or this kind of information to their clients. And before we dig into the media rolling forecasts, I want to open up a little bit more the size of these businesses and what kind of answers they're looking for that they're unable currently to get out of their current accounting platforms and whatever they've sort of stitched together. Okay. Well, often um, it's as simple as saying that they want some sort of customized report that might be a statistical P&L, for example. What I mean by that is that they don't want to look at the P&L in the traditional way, but they want to be able to see, for example, sales, cost of sales, and gross profit by different product lines. And then underneath that, they might want to see the operating expenses and, and the net profit. So it, it's just a, a different way of looking at the P&L where you're getting a bit more information as to what is driving the gross profit here, for example. Alternatively, they might be looking for a cash flow forecast where they can build in some non-financial drivers, for example. And often that, that can be difficult when you're working with, say, standard software where you can't quite get it to do what you need it to do. It doesn't quite allow you to input information in the way that you really run your business. So again, typically what ends up happening is, again, everyone throws the numbers into Excel and manages it there because you have so much freedom, obviously, in Excel. But it's a time-consuming tool to manage. You know, Excel is difficult often to refresh. It's difficult to share information. It's risky as well if you're sending it around. The size of businesses that we work with, they are small, medium-sized businesses. But of course, within there, there's a huge range. You know, we don't tend to necessarily work with micro-businesses. So it's not necessarily the one-man bands. Usually, they're businesses that have gained some traction. There's a lot of moving parts. You've got a staff base of five plus. Um, so typically, we're talking about businesses that are turning over, say, $10 million thereabouts. But it, it, they could well be smaller. We have lots of smaller clients as well who want a simple dashboard or a simple uh, reporting pack that they can send off to the bank or to uh, share some information maybe with an investor. And so the, the size doesn't really matter, but we don't really work with the corporate giants. You know, we're all about small, medium-sized businesses and making life easier for them and their accountants. And I love that piece in particular about folding in non-financial data because that that has big implications for decision-making and it doesn't necessarily easily lend itself into getting into QuickBooks. So let's go over to helping accountants and CPAs who know their clients would benefit from forecasting, rolling forecasts, scenario planning, but they're just thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I'm totally overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. And I really wasn't trained in this. I don't have any sort of formal education in implementing forecasts for my clients in my business. And I don't want to like be on the hook for giving my clients bad information that sinks their business. So where do accountants and CPAs start? 
when it comes to adding this? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think the first thing to say is that when we're forecasting, we really ought to be thinking big picture. That's the first thing to say, because often I'm I'm an accountant. I should just say that just so I'm not hook, putting anyone on the hook here and sort of uh, putting any blame or anything like that. But I know as an accountant, we have an, a tendency to try and think that we need to have all the detail in place, uh, all the answers and we can sometimes not necessarily overcomplicate things, but go to a level of detail, which means we never really start. You know, it takes too long. And therefore, it's almost like one could say procrastinating because we then park it because time's moved on and we need to get to next month's you know, reporting deadlines, for example. So the first thing to say is that if we can get into the mindset that this is a big picture thing, uh, the forecast, it's not a promise. Because I think that's another thing that accountants worry a little bit about is that if they go with this document or with this uh, piece of software or a dashboard or a, a, a Power BI report, whatever it is that they deliver to the client, if you like, and that then the next quarter comes along and that didn't happen, that the client's going to be kind of mad, you know. But that's the thing. A forecast isn't a promise. Uh, it's not something that needs to be delivered on and it's not even a target. It's just a little view or just a little sort of like um, peek into the future as to what could happen based on what we know is happening now and based on some assumptions about what might happen in the future. So I think it's really important that accountants give themselves a little break and say, okay, all I'm trying to do now is help my client by giving them a peek into the future. And the client often is kind of flying a little blind because they're they're running a business, they're very busy, they're potentially not numbers people. And it's really difficult to imagine what might happen, you know, because we do have a lot of moving parts in the business. And what might be cash in the bank today is not cash in the bank tomorrow. And it's it's very difficult, you know, to sort of pin pin down a vision of the future. So if if uh, if the accountants can kind of accept the fact that they're just helping the client sort of get some feeling about what's going to happen, it could be easier to to go out there and feel like yeah this this is this is going to be a good service for my client. I'm not going to be held responsible if this future or if this this uh, picture that I'm painting doesn't happen. But to stimulate a good conversation with the client around, okay, yeah, those numbers, they look reasonable, but what can we do about it? How can we maybe avoid this version of the future because it doesn't look so rosy? Is there something we can do now to prevent this picture? Or does this picture look great? And what can we do to make sure that the path we lay out now leads us there? You know, what activities do we need to um, put in place? What what actions do do we need to um, stimulate in order to make sure that we get there? or somewhere like that, because the future is a moving target. So that's the first thing I would say that for accountants, it's it's okay. You know, it's okay to be wrong, because none of us know the future. Uh, It's impossible. But it's also very disconcerting as a business owner, because I'm I'm a business owner too, to not have that vision of the future. So give ourselves a break, I would say, and just try. And and if if one is tight for time, then let's just start with a revenue and and a gross profit forecast. Let's let's at the you know to start there and and forget about the operating expenses and all of that for the time being. But start somewhere. So for people who just need to get out from behind the start line and get their hands dirty and get a feel for the terrain they're in, what do they do with a gross profit forecast and how is that going to help 
what decisions will that help one of their clients with? Right. Okay. Well, that's a good question. And what I would say is if you have nothing more than an Excel sheet uh, where you plot in the forecasted revenue, the forecasted cost of sales, which will give you the gross profit, ideally by product line or customer segment or some sort of segmentation. The idea here would be to look at the sales revenue, but also the cost of sales and the gross profit in these different product lines or against these different segments to identify which ones are driving, which ones are driving contribution towards the operating expenses and the net profit line. And out from that, is there some decision that needs to be made maybe to allocate more resources to the one that's either failing or the one that's driving the significant amount of gross profit in order to to become more liquid. So I would say that really everything drives off as sales, but there's a very big focus on sales and really it's gross profit that's important. So if one starts there with a forecast that shows sales, fine, of course, cost of sales and gross profit, then one's gone a long way towards helping the client see what is it that's important in my business? Where should I really focus? Because it can be really surprising, actually, when when you lay it out like that for a client, whereby they might think that driving a huge amount of activity against this customer or against this customer group or against this product is going to really pay in the long run. They might find, gosh, when I really look at the costs involved in that product or in that customer group or against that specific segment, it's really a huge amount of energy for very little return. It might help them decide, okay, well, but look at the, look at this one here. You know, perhaps if we were able to increase activity here, it would actually secure a much more uh, stable income stream um, and and actually drive a lot more profits. You know, in the in the end, if we were to focus there. So, I think just starting there would be a good place to start because even that is difficult for business owners who are not financial people to to really kind of understand where it is that the the money's coming from essentially. So great, great. I love that. And a lot of business owners are not financial people and some of them can handle the numbers, right? They could, you know, they understand the math, but they don't think all day in the numbers and they also can't piece it together. They don't have, they're not equipped to be able to piece together the data in the way that accounts are. So I want to go over to the ability to make decisions because I think this is where business owners are really looking for help and there's a lot of value here. When accountants can provide either rolling forecasts or scenario planning that enable the business owner to be able to make a better informed, not perfectly informed because nobody's expecting perfect out of the future. Perfect doesn't exist anyways, but a better informed decision about the direction of their business, where to put their time, energy, and focus. So can you comment on helping accountants get out of the weeds of the need for perfect and instead think about helping their clients make better informed decisions? What I think it really boils down to is that conversation. I think that accountants don't need to go out there with any answers or any decisions they shouldn't, you know, obviously that's not their job, but they can be a catalyst for the client who needs to make decisions. You know, in business, we have to make decisions all the time for better or worse. And there's 
nothing worse, I think, than having to make a decision without really knowing the facts. Yeah, guessing. Yeah, guessing is just off. It feels doesn't feel good. Um, and it feels very unnatural. And it can really disturb sleep, peace of mind, you know, for the client. Uh, it can take a toll, you know, on, on the health of, of a client who's feeling a little alone and overwhelmed because business is so hard. You know, it really is. It's not the same from one day to another. One bad decision can have a huge impact or a decision that's too late, you know, where you think, gosh, why didn't I know this? Why, why, did, why did my accountant not tell me, you know, that things looked this bad uh, in the bank or whatever? So I think if the accountant can kind of be a catalyst for that discussion, uh, or to stimulate the mindset of, of the client or to stimulate some ideas in the client about possibilities, then that's a fantastic thing. And that takes a little time, you know, setting up a safe place. Uh, the client needs to feel that they have um, a good relationship, I think, with the accountant. The accountant's on their side. The accountant's coming with some information. It might not look great. It might not be a perfect representation of what's going to happen because it isn't, as you just said, no one can tell the future. But it's a way of stimulating that kind of um, the idea in the client that, okay, I know my business. I know my suppliers. You know, I know how my business works. I know my customers. Sometimes it's like a spark, you know, that can sort of trigger in the client. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's what I could do. You know, I could do that. And I think if the, if the accountant can just help the client with that kind of forum, then they will have done a wonderful job. You know, so using the data, whether it be a full-blown rolling forecast or whether it be a, you know, a gross profit forecast or whether it be a cash flow forecast or whatever kind of forecast it might be, it's really just to use that as a basis for brainstorming and for looking at what we need to do now in order to avoid either catastrophe or to capitalize on the good things that are happening in the business. Because it's not all disaster. You know, there, there is still a lot of good things happening in business now, even in Corona. So I think from my perspective, if I think sometimes I'm hopping from being, a, a, you know, a, a solution provider to being a business owner, to being an accountant, to being that person that sits at, at the weekend trying to figure stuff out, you know, in my own business. So I'm hopping between different hats here. But from my perspective, to have that information in front of me, to give myself some time to think means that I can also go to my team you know, as a business owner and say, look, this is really important. We all need to focus here. Look, this is what it looks like on paper. These are the numbers. And to create some, you know, really focused key performance indicators, like we need to achieve this, just this. Let's focus here, three or four really important areas. So the role of the accountant really, I think, is not at all to go with the answers or the decisions. It's just to stimulate that in the client. And the best way of doing that is with data. Because otherwise, it's just empty words, isn't it? It's just speculating. Really, our job as accountants is just to go and try and help, you know, the customer see or our clients see what the future could look like. And they, they will make the decisions. The decisions are all down to them. You know, they, they're, they're big grown-up people and, and they can take responsibility for their own businesses, but they just need a little help. That's all. I think that's a an important distinction because I do think that accountants – sometimes tend to take on too much responsibility for the client's decision-making. And the the line is, 
your job is to show up with the information, the data, here's what's going to happen in scenario A, B, and C, I'll play it out. Here's the information. You choose what you want to do. Your choice is up to you. And your responsibility is to show up with the best data that you can possibly show up with, the cleanest, most accurate data and the cleanest, most accurate uh, scenario plans and leave the decision itself up to the client who, like you say, is a grown adult and knows their business. So let's actually dig into scenario planning because I think where accountants can get stuck is this idea that you mentioned earlier of... I can't predict the future. I don't want to promise that. It's very black and white thinking of, you know, if I can't predict the future and because I don't want to make promises, therefore I will provide no information. And there's so much room in between black and white for providing information that is scenarios, you know, if this is great, you know, here's your blue sky, here, here's your most likely, here's a middle case, here's a worst case. Can you talk about building out scenario plans and, you know, if people, again, are starting kind of at the start line, what's first? It's always important to be realistic, you know, when you're forecasting. It's very tempting to try and paint a rosy, you know, picture of what the future might look like, but that's not necessarily going to help hugely. I I was uh, on the side of caution, really you know, likely, but slightly less than a perfect likely version of of the future. But out from that, of course, it's possible to do, you know, best, worst and and, and middle, you know, so that when, when you go along, you've got three versions of the future, like no one's expecting a Polaroid picture. You know, we're just trying to provide uh, you know, guidelines or or as accountants, then one's going to provide guidelines as to if this happens, as you say, Geraldine, that, you know, the future could look like that or failing that, you know, if this doesn't happen, then that's what we're looking at. So we need to provide for that. So scenario planning, I think, is really, really important. And just kind of opening up one's eyes to different possible futures and maybe trying to pick the one that you like the look of best and then brainstorm around that. So I think the accountant could do really well with just getting good asking questions. I think really that's the accountant's main role. So for example, the accountant could say, okay, this, you know, this is what the future potentially looks like. Um, You have indicated that you would like to improve your net profit, for example. So what could be done in the business to improve it? Just a simple opening question that's then going to, you know, stimulate a lot of thought for the client. There's going to be out from that a conversation. And if the if the accountant themselves could get good at asking those sort of critical questions of what and why and how and when. And, you know, they don't need to be mind blowing questions, but just, you know, can you paint a picture of that for me? Just so I understand what you're saying. You know, if if the accountant asks that of the client, because then what the accountant can do is take some notes, go away, come back the next month and almost act as like a sparring partner or an accountability partner. They can come back and say, well, last time, you know, we discussed the fact that you wanted to improve your net profit and you had some ideas that if you, for example, um, managed to renegotiate your rent, you know, that might have a significantly positive impact on your net profit. Have you done that? And then, of course, the you know, it's up to the client to come back and say, well, no, I didn't or yes, I did. And it worked great. And then we can move on to the next thing. So 
I think if the uh, if the accountant can go along with the scenario, again, updated on a rolling basis because life moves very quickly and just keep asking those critical questions, that's an amazing service. You know, it's an amazing gift to a client. And I think the clients themselves love the opportunity to brainstorm around their business with somebody that kind of understands business. You know, we're, we're very wrapped up in our businesses, business owners, and, and to have somebody that gives us that gift of attention, a little challenge, a little help, a bit of creative brainstorming, fantastic. You know, I think you'll find very happy clients. But again, you know, Mantle Analytics for us, it's all about providing those tools to the accountants so that they don't have to spend hours fiddling around every time they're going to go out and have that meeting with the with the client that, you know, we can make it as easy as possible for the data to just pop out, you know, on a rolling basis. So that, uh, you know, that doesn't always come out of any box either because, you know, different businesses are different and things need to be screwed together in, in different ways. But the accountants, they don't have the time really to be fiddling around and doing all of this stuff manually. They need to be out there with the clients. And uh, so it's a different world. It's just a different world than, you know, what, we're, what we've been used to. But I think we've all been talking about this long enough. I think we kind of know the score. And now it's just about getting out and doing it, really. Because if, if you don't, then someone else will. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. That is for sure. You mentioned mm. something in there that I want to tug on briefly. And that is, you know, this idea of you asked a really simple thing, right? Last week or last month, we talked about one way to increase your gross profit is to reduce rent. It seems overly simplistic, like, come on, really? But so often as business owners, it is so easy to get stuck in a rut and to have somebody who can help you think critically about your business and make some of the difficult decisions that you know you need to make that could have a significant impact. Do not underestimate the simple. So let's go to rolling forecasts because for people who are maybe on the newer end of this, the difference between scenario planning and rolling forecasts, it might get murky. Separate out for us a rolling forecast, why it is that you love the rolling forecast and why you do a 13-week forecast in particular. Just to kind of make it, uh, sort of put it into context, really, the rolling forecast is literally what it's sounds like, you know, it's just a forecast that's continuously rolling forwards, whether it be 13 weeks, whether it be 12 months, whether it be 18 months, every time you look at it, it's moved forwards. So you never get to the end of it. That's why I love it, because um, it doesn't run out. You know, you just you just live with it and it rolls forward and you roll forward and you plug in your new assumptions as time goes on and you see what the end looks like. And I think in the days of Corona now, then it's probably a little bit uh, or it's not so useful anymore to have a five-year plan or a five-year rolling forecast, although I do have some of those models as well. However, when corona hit, everything became much more comp- compacted and compressed. So we have, you know, one example is a 13-week rolling forecast, which doesn't it, it doesn't sound very long, but if you think about it, it never it never stops being 13 weeks into the future. So it's like three and a half months always into the future. And I have clients that use that. They've used that in so many different ways. They, for example, have used it to go to the bank uh, to negotiate um, better terms or to at least to present to the bank how the next period is looking. And, And that in Corona has been particularly relevant, of course. I have other clients that have used their rolling forecast for similar reasons, but looking a little bit longer into the future. I had one client, for example, 
that she knew that there was something just not quite right. She was finding it difficult to really convince the board or to convince the bank that there was something that was not quite there was something that was dragging down the the actual liquidity of the business and she needed some help to actually identify what that was so that was a bit of a bespoke job where we sit we sat down and we we modeled the business really uh, we made a rolling forecast that went 18 months continuously in advance and it was at a very detailed level this specific specific one but from that she was able to do two things uh, what she figured out was the the forecast was actually okay but the problem was Month by month, the cash was dipping so significantly in the middle of the month. But by the end of the month, it kind of looked okay. But she was she was struggling a little bit because she was getting very near to uh, her credit line every month. So she figured out by looking and using the rolling forecast for a while that by paying the salary two days later and renegotiating with her main supplier to be paying um, or to get two days extra credit terms, and then also shortening her customers' credit terms by two days. It completely changed the whole landscape of her cash flow. So it became she became cash flow positive throughout the month. And she was then able to also go to the bank to negotiate um, another line of credit because she was looking to grow the business. They were so impressed with how much control she had on what was going on by using this rolling forecast that they immediately granted her what she needed and it basically really secured the long-term stability of her business. It totally changed everything for her. So but the, the reason she was able to do that was because she was able to see and she was able to prove, you know, to the bank, to the people that kind of matter, the people that have the money, this is, this is what's going to happen. And what I need is I need this facility to get me through the next 12 months. And then I'm going to be able to repay it using this and this and this and this. You know, she had some long-term loans and this and that that was that were going to be, um, you know, come available for, for use in the, in, the, in the future. So, you know, all the time we're, we're seeing people use these forecasts as tools, really. They're tools. So the scenario planning bit is that, okay, you've got the forecast, it's rolling forwards, great, fine, wonderful. But, you know, you need to be able to throw in a few what ifs, what if this and what if that. And that's what we call scenario planning. So we look at different versions of the, of the, of the future uh, because, of course, that's easier as well for the banks to relate to if you're going to go to the bank because they know too that you know the the future's not certain so if you can demonstrate that here's the likely view but we've also considered this and we've considered that the worst case scenario is this and the way we're going to try and avoid that is by doing this this and this you know if you can prove that you have a plan then you've done a wonderful job so that's the rolling forecast a scenario plan um, of course these things are kind of taking over from budgeting now uh, because they're live and because they're more dynamic. and uh, But having said that, they are also a little bit more complicated to build. Um, and when one's building them, one tries to build them so that they're very easy to maintain. Otherwise, people won't use them. So it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of an art. Uh, they don't always pop out of a box. That's why some of the software you mentioned doesn't always do the job um, because it doesn't consider the, the business. It doesn't consider the specific business you're working with. There's something in there. I think for clients to be able to appreciate the distinction between a rolling forecast and a scenario plan, right? Because they can sound really similar. You know, the rolling forecast is looking forward. So is the scenario plan. What's the difference? But that a rolling forecast is always 13 weeks out. It like always stays up to date. And I think of it like a balance sheet in that you're looking at it in a moment in time, whereas a PL is sort of stagnant. You do it once 
at this time and this is the situation for this period of time yeah yeah that's uh, so a, a roll, the rolling forecast we can think of that as sort of like the engine it's just going to tick forward and tick forward and tick forward and tick forward and you can put your assumptions in and tweak them and it's rolling and rolling and rolling but in order to you know stop up and actually make some decisions or plans then one can take that snapshot if you like as you said of the rolling forecast and say okay let's just let's just work with this for a bit and figure out if this happens then what if that happens then what so you sort of do some more brainstorming if you like around the rolling forecast uh, the rolling forecast itself will just keep ticking on whilst you're doing your brainstorming <laughs> of course and sometimes they're 13 weeks and sometimes they're as i say they're longer 12 months or 18 months so it just depends on which forecast you're using but I think the scenario plan, you can just think of that as just different versions of the forecast. So you just take the forecast and say, okay, this is the best case scenario. This is the worst case scenario. This is what we think is going to happen. So, okay. Because my question was going to be, and maybe you'll still answer it, but it'll be duplicate. How can a CPA help explain the subtle difference between a 13-week rolling forecast and a scenario plan? Because the client needs to, like, the client needs to appreciate the difference. Yeah, do I, well, I'm wondering, actually, do they need to? Because what I think will be, uh, if, I, if I was at the CPA then going out to the client, I would be inclined not necessarily to sort of put it all out on the table and, and show them all the numbers. And what I would be inclined to do is just to say, okay, I've done some modeling and this is the forecast that I, I've sort of come forward to based on what's happened in the past and what you've told me about the business, um, you know, and your plans for the future. But having had a look at, you know, different, uh, you know, sort of possibilities around this, I figured out that if this doesn't happen, then it could really impact the cash flow. So let, let's, let's, let's maybe talk about that. You know, how likely is this thing to happen? So I wouldn't be too concerned about putting the words like scenario plan and rolling forecast. And I, I wouldn't, I don't think that the client is necessarily too interested in the technical jargon, if you like. But what they want to know is, what does that mean for me? And, and what it really means for you is, okay, a different version of the future is this. You know, that's the scenario plan. When when out with a client, I think it would be, it would be important to try not overwhelm the client and, and not maybe not even use those technical terms. I mean, some clients are probably very financially savvy and they're very familiar with the concept maybe of rolling forecasts and scenario plans, but the, the words don't really matter. It's the intention behind that message that you're trying to deliver. So I would probably simplify it a little bit and just say, what if, <laughs> you know, what if this and what if that, you know, what then? It just use those kind of everyday terms. And, and that really is sort of brainstorming or, or having a dialogue around that scenario plan if we put the technical term on it. Because again, that scenario plan, in next week is also out of date. You know, it's irrelevant. It's just supposed to be something that's going to stimulate the right discussion so that at least one has explored the risks and the opportunities. And again, capturing that and using it in a, you know, accountability or using it as an accountability partner um, in a way that you can go and not challenge your client, but just keep them sort of focused on what they said last time because life does move so quickly that I think just capturing that and, and being able to use it to stimulate further discussion next time you meet is a wonderful thing. So I, I don't know if that really answered your question, but I think we as CPAs or, or accountants shouldn't be too focused on educating our clients around, you know, these terms necessarily, but 
just, yeah, what does it mean for me? I love that answer. It's a great reminder to not get lost in the jargon with your clients and keep the conversation around answering the questions that the client has and, you know, making them aware of things they hadn't thought about. You mentioned something in there that I want to touch on before we wrap up, and that is real-time information. Because like you've said a couple of times, business moves so fast. And sometimes, you know, if you by the time you meet with your accountant about last month's financials, that is like six weeks old news. Nobody goes to the newsstand for a six-week-old newspaper. But talk to us about incorporating, making available real-time data for business owners so that they can open up their file and have real-time information. Real-time, I think some we can put uh, quote marks around real-time because real-time can be slightly different things in, in slightly different contexts in that Sometimes real time is a day old. Sometimes real time is a second old, you know, as I say in quote marks. But I think the important thing is to say it should be fresh. The information should be fresh. So ideally, before um, an accountant goes to meet with their client, they would have done all of their reconciliation work. The bank is up to date. Everything's up to date. And one goes out with fresh information. So the way we work certainly is that that fresh information is on tap, you know, Uh, One opens up the system that one's working with, whether it be Power BI, whether it be some of the other tools that we use, and one presses, you know, refresh, and there you go. There's your fresh information. It's, It's being sucked right out of the economy system, the accounting system, and it's there and it's present. So this can be... um Accountants can also get a little bit nervous about this because they haven't necessarily had time to reconcile everything and up to date, you know, make everything up to date. So it can be a bit nerve wracking, the thought that the clients themselves have got access now, you know, to their information and might go out and start, you know, spending lots of money or or, or doing something (laughs) reckless based on what they see when the poor accountant maybe has been sick in bed for the last week and hasn't updated anything. And so this can be a bit of a stress moment. So quite a few of the systems that we work with, we have either built in or it's built in that we can sort of define this is a closed period now. So client go wild, you know, this information is as up to date as you're going to get. And if you have direct access to it, then, you know, you can make decisions based on this information. But from the accountant's point of view, when they're going out to see the client, obviously it might be mid-month, it might be mid-quarter, it might be any time, you know, during the period. And one doesn't want to wait to a period end or a quarter end. You know, it has to be up to date as of today. So that 13-week rolling forecast, for example, that you were referring to earlier, that one, it, it, it refreshes as of every Sunday. So, I mean, you can refresh it any day you like but it's going to be all up to date as of the previous Sunday. But of course, then we have other forecasts that, you know, you can use as of today or as of the hour, as of, you know, and reports as well. So again, in some branches, like um, in the restaurant branch, for example, it might be very important to have hourly refreshing reports or even to the minute because they're looking at number of covers or, or they're looking at statistics based on how much did we sell in this hour how much did we sell in that hour you know it, that that kind of very live and detailed information is very very important alternatively in some of other types of organizations where they may be working on massive projects it's not so important to have hourly information you know to have everything refresh overnight is fine so i i think the point is you're right in saying that If one's going to go out to one's client with information that was six weeks old because that's when the last period end was and that's the last time everything was up to date, then it's way too late, you know. So fresh as fresh can be is important. 
And for that, again, one needs systems, one needs tools, one needs technology that's going to provide that fresh information without it being a massive effort, because then it's not going to happen. You know, nobody has time to be making a massive effort around digging out data that really, you know, in this day and age should be on tap. Yeah, especially with all the technology that's coming online, take advantage so that your clients have that information on tap. That's right. The technology is never the problem. It's never the problem. The technology (laughs) is there. It's just how we use it, you know. Mm. Laura, for people who want to find you to find out more about you and your company, how can they do that? Yeah, we are based in Norway. Our website is both in Norwegian and English, and it's www.mantelanalytics.com. But I'm also very prevalent on or I'm very active on LinkedIn. So Laura Landmark, if you look me up on LinkedIn, then uh, that's a good place to connect. Great. And we'll include links to both of those in the show notes. Laura Landmark, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the Smart Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thanks very much, Geraldine. It's been a real pleasure to be here. One thing that stood out to me more than anything else in our conversation was the simple line, we make rolling forecasts so that we can explore risk and opportunity with our clients. It's really easy to get caught up in details like, should my forecast be 13 weeks or 16? How can I be sure it's exactly right? What if my client has no idea what a rolling forecast is? How am I going to get them to buy it from me? But in the end, if you shift your focus from what a rolling forecast is to what a rolling forecast does, which is help you and your clients explore risk and opportunity, that will help you stay in the value and out of the weeds. All right, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Registration is open now, but it won't be for long. Go to GeraldineCarter.com now to enroll today.